0: Hi everyone, and welcome to Take 10 for Torah number 873. I hope you all are well. Any questions, comments, suggestions, recommendations, or sponsorships, please email me at RabbiIsmach at take 10 fortour.org This week is Parashas Bechut Kosai, and the beginning of next week is Yom Yerushalayim, and there's a beautiful idea that really connects the two of them together. And that's from an essay, of the very well known Mesha Chachma, the Meir, Meir, Rav Meir Simcha of Davinsk, who lived from 1843 to 1926. That's going to be significant in uh, just a few minutes. And uh, he was a prominent leader in Eastern Europe in the early 20th century. Okay, so this is Rav Meir Simcha of Davinsk writing in his Parish on Chumash, and this week's parsha, particularly relating to the kloops, the curses that come when the Jews are not behaving as they should. And the pasuk there says, Even though you are in the land of your enemies, meaning you are exiled, You will not be rejected entirely to be destroyed, which would undermine the covenant that we have, because I am Hashem your God. So in explaining what does this mean, that when we are in Galas we will not be destroyed, what will be the phenomenon of Gullus. What will we experience while we are in exile? So he goes on to explain as follows. He says, We'll try to understand the way God works, the way the heavenly manipulations affect the world to the extent possible. He says, When we, uh, the, de- the declaration, the decree was made that we were to wander amongst the diaspora all around the world shanam rabbas ma'od ma'od for many many years until we get to the, uh, some sort of goal There are many methods and strategies that were considered to make sure that the Jewish people would stay unique and isolated and not entirely assimilate into the Gentile nations and so he says, the nature of these methods and strategies are not only from God, but the nature of these were also from people. So, there are great uh, leaders of the Jews who made all sorts of lines and fences to make sure that the Jews would remember their identity and be hoping for something else, to hoping a return to Eretz Yisrael, etc. He begins by describing the life of Yaakov Avinu, who when he goes into Mitzrayim, he leaves Eretz Israel. So first he says, interestingly, Interestingly, he says he taught them to be uvishmosam to make sure they keep their clothing and their names um, unique and identifiable so that they wouldn't assimilate entirely. He also discusses uh, an idea that we've mentioned before about how Yaakov instructs that his children should bury him in Erez Yisrael specifically so that they are always looking towards that place. That is the place that really he feels himself rooted towards. And so Yaakov was this model of remembering that you are in Golas. Remembering that the Jews are in exile and that was the lesson he sought to teach to his children. He says they, This was embedded into the, their descendant's souls to yearn for their forefathers' land and to consider themselves as strangers in foreign lands. We talk a bit of Yogar Hashem at the Seder that Lo Yaakov, avinu Yaakov did not want to stick around. Yosef commanded Hashem, aschem, that you will be remembered and uh, don't worry, you'll be out of here someday, Yosef says to his uh, children, grandchildren. All of the Shvatim left this idea, he says, in the hearts of their children. And he goes on to say that later in history, the Anshek Nessus HaGodola made rules that were the same way. They made uh, 18 different laws, and these 18 different laws involve things that keep us away from, from the Gentiles, don't allow us to necessarily eat or socialize with the Gentiles as one might be perfectly comfortable doing, and it creates that barrier in order to remind us who we are. And then he says, in regard to these rules, that's why the Rishonim writes, She'afilu el Eno even Elio HaNavi cannot undo these rules. To which you'll wonder, what do you mean Elio HaNavi? That's the end of times. So he says, not quite. He says, Afilu mevaser. Elio is not Mashiach. Elio is the one who's going to come and declare that Mashiach has arrived. He says, even though that character, that figure of Elio has arrived, and he says, Ki yavo, you know, he's on the way. Mashiach is coming. Still, those rules will, t- will still be enforced because of the significance of of the Jewish people keeping separate until the very last moment. It's such a great threat that it has to be something that is remembered until the very end. And so he begins to say that there's another, there's another expression. Not only, you know, are we the ones creating rules that are going to keep us separate, but the very nature of Gullus and the tides of history also point in that direction he says he says here's how it works and this is unbelievable you know because uh he's writing remember in the end of the 19th century early 20th century um, and those are significant times because of what would happen so he says that every century or two here's what's going to happen Everybody's going to be, you know, they're going to be comfortable. He says, He said, After those 100, 200 years of comfort, perhaps, a a storm wind will emerge and give rise to many waves, destroy, decimate, and wear them out, demolish and sweep away without mercy. The Jews would flee to a distant place, and there they would reunite as a nation. They're going to become big time again. They're going to be involved in learning Torah. Torah study, their wisdom is going to bring them power and resources. Until they will ultimately forget that they are in a strange land. And instead, kiza mokom Hashem. They would think that this is the place that they are meant to be. They would not await for the salvation of Hashem on the appropriate day that it will hopefully come. And they will say, he says, we will need to be reminded. Excuse me, Yehudiata You are a Jew who has made you into a man, this incredibly hush of important, significant person. eretz Go to a land that you do not know and you do not understand. He says that this also has significance when it comes to uh, Torah study and Torah wisdom. This cycle is not just to bring us out of the comfort of, you know, uh, thinking that we are where we're supposed to be. But he also says that, you know, generally the younger generation wants to innovate and uh, challenge parents and challenge the older generation. He says in the time when the Torah was, uh, was in Yerushalayim and things were the way it ought to be, there was a lot of innovation in Torah. And now in Gullahs things stagnate a little bit. So he says also the nature of that rejuvenation of location and rejuvenation of sort of like these cycles of history bring Torah back after generations where sometimes children are rejecting the teachings of their parents. Specifically, he makes the following unbelievable comment. He says, This is the nation of an, this is the method of a nation when they come into a strange land, you ain't been Torah, they are ignorant. Because of all the suffering that they went through, like they don't get a chance to learn, they don't really know much. And then they get some sort of inspiration. They build yeshivas. They they create uh, they create new learning opportunities. Right? They're doing amazing things. And then Torah is doing great. They're doing great. But what happens? The children come and the children want new and the children want different. And then they say after all of their challenges, Shekar Nachalav Senu, our fathers have taught us lies, and we forget where we are, we forget who we are and what we are from. And he says in the very, very famous line that comes next, Yachov, and we might think he Berlin, he Yerushalayim. Berlin is Jerusalem. Referring to the German population of that time, and it's unbelievable to imagine how correct he was in the cycles and how correct he was in the fact that people did have that confidence. And to imagine that what would happen in Berlin ultimately in the 1930s and 40s after he passed would happen after he writes this is just, it's just just remarkable. He says, you have done like the worst of them, but like the best of them, you have not done. And so he understands that this is the cycle of history. And that storm wind will come and then they will be removed again. And they will remind themselves or it will be reminded that they are not in Jerusalem yet. There is a Jerusalem that we're going to be davening for, you know, we davening for on Nachim, on, on Tisha B'av. There's a Jerusalem of great importance, and there's a Jerusalem about which we are so thrilled that we have reunified, almost there, not quite, but almost there, that we may say hello on Yom Yerushalayim. But that does not mean that we are there yet. Even when we're in Jerusalem we're not there yet, for sure. When we're in Great Neck, for sure when we're in all the other cities around the world, we're not Quite there yet. That should be the reminder that we think on on the eve of Yom Yerushalayim. Try to find Yerushalayim, but not quite there yet.